Welcome to the Partners in the Gospel podcast of the Great Commission Baptist Association of the River Valley. Uh, we are delighted to have with us today Daniel Stewart, who is the pastor of North Park Baptist Church in Van Buren, and, uh, and appropriately enough, the moderator-elect, which means at the close of annual meeting this August, Daniel will be the moderator for our association. So uh, it is only fair and just that our new moderator is our very first partner in the gospel interview, or at least it will be by the time we get to the, to the fall. Uh, Daniel, really, the, since everything is new, you are setting the precedent for all that will follow. And I don't know if that's okay or not. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> I think that'd be a great thing. I can't think of anybody better. Um, we want to start all of these just very briefly in kind of the, uh, um, you know, the, the two-minute gospel kind of deal. Share, share your testimony of your conversion, baptism, and your call to gospel ministry. You bet. Um, grew up in a Christian home uh, in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and uh, I was kind of the prototypical drug baby. Every time we were at church, I was at church, and uh, uh, one summer I was at a VBS, and um, I had a lot of questions about my salvation. I was nine years old. I had a lot of questions about uh, my sin and different things. And so I didn't respond during the VBS. I went home and had conversation with my mom and dad. And uh, I, I really consider that time my uh, salvation experience when um, I really uh, questioned my, my need for a savior and, and, uh, my sin and how I was separated, how that separated me from him. So, uh, and, and like any young kid growing up that wasn't necessarily a bad kid, uh, I yeah. had my ups and downs yeah. through junior high and high school. And, and it wasn't really until I got into college that, um, I really knew what discipleship was. Uh, I had a BCM director that really, uh, took me under uh, their wing and really started discipling me, asking me tough questions um, in comparison to how I was living. And so um, that really is what sparked my who, who interest. Was that? In, who, who um, was that at that point? Do you remember? So there was, the director was Kimberly. I can't remember Kimberly's last name, but her uh, counterpart that was her assistant um, was uh, a guy that was, his name was Jonas Rabel, and uh, just a really strong guy in the Lord, very outspoken, and really uh, drove me to start having those uh, tough conversations about how my life really looked like Christ and how I was sharing the gospel. And so a, a lot of my ups and downs through uh, junior high and high school and early parts of college were really challenged in those times. And so really made me start start thinking. Now, which campus about, was that? Because you did that was at North. That was at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M, which is a junior college where I was playing baseball. That's what I was so, that was when you were playing yeah, baseball. Yeah, that was that was when I was playing baseball. And and uh, not to say there weren't ebbs and flows and struggles amidst that, but uh, that's yeah. really when I, I started that formation of, uh, you know, understanding what being a disciple was because I was in a context that was going to challenge me in that, uh, in that aspect. But from there, um, I went on to play baseball at University of Central Arkansas. And in my time there, I messed up my shoulder and I was kind of in that question mark status of, all right, God, this was the platform you get, you've given me. Um, why is this happening? And it was 
very clear and transparent by the work of the spirit that that's not the plan he had for me. And so I came home, started working and I got married to Megan that summer. We had met uh, at NEO at Northeastern Oklahoma where I was playing baseball. And, and so uh, we got married that next summer when I came home from UCA and I started working in the corporate business world um, and started serving at First Southern with Russ. And as our time progressed there and we were serving in the student ministry and stuff, they had asked me to uh, be the student pastor. And so I really kind of struggled back and forth with that and uh, prayed through it. And get, and Russ gave me a book, Is God Calling You? by yeah. Jeff Orge. And that was really formative for me uh, to see that God was calling me to vocational ministry. And so I went on part-time by vocational as the student pastor there at First Southern and then um, really kind of that opened up into me and Russ having conversations about being called to full-time ministry and me praying through that and really seeing that that was what God wanted for uh, me and my family. And um, then God started just putting the pieces together from there. I left my job with Evans in the corporate world after being with them for seven years, um, went on with FCA and was with FCA for a year and struggled there with the dynamic of discipleship. Uh, it was really a numbers driven game and, and I wanted more discipleship. And it was like after a year being there, God opened up a door to me to, for me and my family to go to Texas. Uh, I went on as a full-time student pastor down there in Jacksboro, Texas, and was able to finish up my master's degree down there at Southwestern. And so it was, uh, it was all providence of God. He knew what he had in mind. Yeah. And uh, we were just along yeah. for the ride. So uh, I was in Jacksboro for a year, and I, I hate to be the prototypical guy that was a stepping stone thing, but about at the end of that year, there were some struggles, and um, uh, Dale Thompson had called me. So um, just kind of worked everything together. You had actually called me, and Jeff had, or and Dale had called me, and, and so uh, it just kind of opened up the door for me to come back home, and we just have a heart for the River Valley, so we're glad to be back. Man, and we're excited you are. Hey, I want to circle back real quick to your nine-year-old self. You've made a profession of faith. Did, yeah. did you get baptized then, or was that later? When, yes. when were you baptized? Yeah, so that was at Calvary Baptist Church in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and uh, I, so when I, when I responded uh, to the Lord's drawing and calling uh, that evening, uh, it was imperative uh, by my parents and, and me that I needed to follow the Lord in obedience uh, through believers' baptism. And so uh, I think it was probably a week or two later, I had sat down with the pastor and uh, we uh, uh, set up my baptism and I was baptized there at uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Well, look at that. I'm, I'm learning new things all the time. <laughs> uh, I did not realize that Guthrie was, was home for you in a spiritual sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You mentioned a little bit about Megan meeting her at, at Carl Albert. What the, just give us an update on Megan and the boys and your family right now. How's everybody doing? So yeah, uh, me and Megan met uh, at uh, Northeastern Oklahoma and when we were in college and, and uh, God just, it, we had our struggles and our ups and downs. We broke up there for a time in between, but God really uh, matured our relationship really on my side, not her side. Uh, uh, but uh, she has been a joy uh, and just a vital uh, asset, uh, not only just to me and my life, but uh, also to our ministry. And so yeah. uh, it's just, it's been a, it's been a great thing. 
Uh, we've been married now for uh, it'll be 16 years this summer. And wow. so uh, we're, we've been together for 19 years and, and married for 16. So uh, God's brought us four boys. Uh, my oldest is 14. Then Hudson, or that's Braden. And then Hudson is 12. Layton is 10. And Sutton is seven years old. So it's a little crazy and chaotic around the house sometimes and chasing boys around to different ball fields and wrestling practices and wrestling uh, meets, but uh, it's, we wouldn't change it for the world. It's fun. Yeah. And Megan is just, man, if anyone can corral a house full of men, she is the one. Uh, there's no doubt. <laughs> That'll probably be one of the prayer requests at the end uh, to be praying <laughs> for Megan. Uh, um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun. We have a blast. Oh, uh, God has, God has blessed you with an incredible, incredible family and, uh, and helped make for the journey. There's no doubt. Okay. Yes. You alluded a little bit, you finished up, uh, school where you're down in Texas. What it, it, in, um, what is your background related to theological education, ministry experience? Covered some of that as you talked sure. about your call, but go in that a little bit more and then talk about, do you have any plans or desires to go any further in formal education or how's God teaching you now? Sure. You bet. Um, so yeah, I uh, went to Northeastern Oklahoma, went to UCA, didn't finish at UCA. I finished my undergrad at actually John Brown uh, University and, and uh, finished now, up uh, with the, the, my degrees in organizational management. Okay. And so it, it's a lot to do with business background, financials, yeah. Uh, yeah. marketing. And so uh, that's kind of what my undergrad's in. And then when God opened up the door for us to go to Texas, uh, I got my uh, master's in, in theological studies. And, and so um, I always want to be in a place where uh, I'm challenged and growing. And so me and Megan have had the conversations to uh, progress in those uh, and, and getting another degree. And, and God just really hadn't opened the door. We've prayed about it and talked about it, but he hadn't really opened the door yet for that. And and he may or may not, I, I don't know, but I always want to be challenged myself and reading and studying. And, and so I'm constantly reading books and uh, reading articles on online and then cross-referencing as I study uh, the scriptures. And so uh, whether that's properly understanding Greek and Hebrew context in comparison to the text that we're uh, studying or whatever it may be, I think that that's important uh, as we grow. Uh, whether we do have uh, the theological training um, uh, as it pertains to seminary or, or whatever it may be uh, to help us as we communicate uh, the gospel and train and equip our people. Well, it's amazed me. God, God really lets you have experience in, in a variety of churches on staff prior to, to coming to North Park. What, uh, and really your, your initial theological education was there at Central City just being a part yeah. of serving and learning what you needed each step of the way. What, uh, what are some of the unique things, if anything stands out about, uh, about the experience in, in churches that God has given you to, to help shape ministry? Yeah, you bet. Um, what, one of the things we learned, uh, and, and we still say this and still have these conversations with Russ and Cheryl is like, uh, we, we still consider, uh, 
First Southern as our home sending church that uh, really equipped us and, and set us up for uh, ministry. And we really learned what community looked like at First Southern. We learned what um, really engaging with the families and what discipleship looked like uh, as it pertained to not only our student ministry, but the ministry of the church and how we interacted with those uh, families that were in our church. So that was really a, a strong foundational point for us as we uh, grew in, in our understanding of what ministry was going to look like and what the how that tied and correlated with what God's word says uh, ministry is supposed to look like and what the family dynamics of a church are supposed to look like, uh, because it's not always easy. And it's not always pretty, no. but uh, it, it is it is life giving and joy filled. And, and so we, we learned a lot of those aspects. And then as we trans transitioned to um, Texas, it was under a, a pastor that had been there uh, for several years and was uh, on the verge of retiring there and and so we, we we ran into some some struggles and and contextual things and and one of the things we've seen even in uh, being in Texas or being at First Baptist in Fort Smith as student pastors we really don't like siloed ministries and, and that's no uh, pushback or, or um, drag at those churches. We just, we so enjoyed the comprehensiveness and community at um, First Southern that that's really kind of what we, um, and I believe it's a biblical tenant that we see that really what kind of yeah. is the foundation yeah. for how we build our ministry even here now at North Park. So um, had a great five years at First Baptist in Fort Smith, and it was very formative for me to see things that work and things that don't work, and uh, to be under uh, the leadership over there is, uh, it was very, um, it was good for us. It was good for us to see the things that we need to focus on as we, as God called us ultimately to uh, pastoral ministry and um, how that affects how we engage our people here at North Park. Well, let me ask you, as a uh... As a pastor, when you balance out, you know, the, the formal seminary or degree kind of education and, and what you learned, good and bad, from mentors and in being able to observe ministry and kind of work alongside inside, uh, what do you, how do you recommend to, um, to young men to, to balance out that, you know, that desire to, to study and grow strong in a traditional sense, but also to, to, to know that ministry, you don't just start as senior pastor of, you know, yeah. First Baptist Church yeah, 2000. Yeah. What's the balance? And I think it coincides with our sanctification process. It's progressive. And, and yeah. so God's constantly growing us and building us up. And, and um, you know, that was some of the struggle sometimes uh, in the, when I was a student pastor uh, growing up in different uh, church contexts and maturing in my own uh, walk with Christ through the process was realizing that I don't have all the answers. As much as I think I do, I don't. And it, it's kind of like even the the maturing process of our kids, um, they may think they know everything, but they don't. And I think that that's true for ministry as well. We have these times, especially when we get into this theological education where we think, well, I've got all the answers when you really don't because you don't have the um, ministry background to go with it. And that you haven't had to have some of the tough conversations and struggles that come along with being a pastor. And so uh, it's very humbling uh, to uh, kind of walk through those processes and have those conversations and then realize on the backside, as God called us to North Park, that 
man, I was really dumb. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been life-giving as, yeah. as even through the struggles and the trials and everything, it's, it, it's all joy. And so, um, so it's been, it's been good in the process, even seeing how the the theological education is a great and vital resource, but it doesn't mean that you have all the answers because you still got to be real with people and walk with yeah. them uh, through the struggles and situations and scenarios that they go through because we're all broken. Absolutely. Well, hey, tell, tell us a little bit about how did you know when and how and how did God confirm that he was calling you to be the pastor at North Park Baptist where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. So um, I had had conversations with Russ. I'd had conversations with you. I'd had conversations with uh, Dale at First Baptist Fort Smith. Just I knew in the background after I had read that book uh, from Jeff Orge, I knew in the background of my mind, ultimately, God wasn't calling me to student ministry. Uh, not that that can't be a calling, uh, but I knew that he was ultimately calling me to pastoral ministry. And so it, it was kind of a fun process. Uh, I get a call from Chad Grigsby and he said that North Park had opened up their uh, resume process. And he goes, hey, just drop by your resume. I said, I said, well, I'll have to get back in there and spiff it up and make it look good, I suppose. And, and uh, so I dropped it by over here at North Park and really just started praying. You know, God, if this is if this is where you want us to be, Lord, open the door so wide that we can't miss it, close it so tight that we can't push our way through. And we had talked to other churches and in the midst of talking with Dale and saying, hey, we, we know that God's calling us to pastoral ministry. I'd been there for four years and and uh, me and him had a very clear and transparent converse, conversation ongoing. And um, it, it was like. I didn't hear anything from North Park. I was hearing all these different things from uh, different churches, but God kept closing the door on those and, and revealing things that uh, were red flags or it just wasn't the place that aligned with who we are and what God's laid on our heart and ministry. And and then in the in, I dropped it off in July and then in March of the next year, God, uh, we, get a, we get a call from um, the search committee here at North Park. And it was just like, well, this is kind of out of nowhere and like nine well, months so it, removed. It, it, yeah, I was going to say it's nine whole months before. Yeah, anything. yeah, yeah it, it had been a while. And um, so we get a call from them and they're like, hey, we w- we'd love to sit down and talk with you. And so we, me and uh, Megan had dinner with them one evening and uh, over at El Zarape in Fort Smith. And it was kind of awkward because there were three other First Baptist families sitting around us. And so they're like... <laughs> talking with one another yeah but but we knew that even in the midst of the awkwardness of people watching from the outside that this was ultimately where God was taking us anyways and we had had the we had been transparent in that and so if this was the door that God was opening then that was part of his plan and so we had that first initial conversation and then they called me about a week or two later and said Hey, you're in our final three, and we'd love to sit and have dinner with you at one of our members' house and sit down with them. Had great conversation, and uh, just you know, the one thing that I keep saying is just transparency. Like this is who I am. This is what we believe. This is what we believe Scripture says and says the church should be. And after that dinner that night, and and the staff was there as, as well that night, and uh, we got a call probably another week later. And they said, hey, we want you to come in view of a call. And so um, 
we came in view of a call in the first part of uh, end of April, first part of May, and um, and it was unanimous. And so we took that as all right. This is the door that God's open, and it's open, and he, he hasn't closed it so that we can't push our way through. And it, it was a unanimous vote. And our first Sunday here was May 26, Memorial Day weekend of 2018. Wow. So we're coming a, on three years now. Yeah. Yeah. What a journey. How, did you know, did you, did, were you pretty confident as you and Megan talked whenever they extended that call to come, were you pretty confident that unless something went really crazy, that this was where God wanted you? Yeah. Yeah. And they were very, they were transparent on what was going on at North Park, whether it be financial history, whatever uh, came along with it. And so, um, that was one of the things we have a immense love for the river valley and so we believe there's a mission field right here just as well as uh, around the nation around the world and so as god kept opening those doors it was just further confirmation over and over again that this is where he wanted us so as we came in view of a call it was like this is the door that God's opening and this is where he wants us to be and it has been a joy I'm not saying there hasn't been struggles that have come up in various situations and scenarios but the people are a joy we love them so much and um, uh, it's it's just been a joy being here and growing and we look forward to what God has for us here in the days to come all right well hey what share I, I know how much you depend on God's word to shape what you do Share either a favorite verse or maybe a passage or even a couple, if you have them, that, that has really shaped your ministry. You bet. You bet. Um, you know, there's the passage that talks about, you know, that the pastor's there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry in Ephesians. Yeah, I heard Ephesians 4. And, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's been so vital for us. Um in just understanding what our job is to love and shepherd the people and to grow disciples, not just converts. And so it's been huge for us um, just to see that and see that even in the midst of the trials and struggles that we're walking through life with these people, and we don't have it all together and, and we don't expect them to either, but we are training, equipping and equipping for the work of the ministry, uh, the work of the kingdom. And so that's been a huge and vital verse for our family. But then also, uh, James, in James 2, or James 1, 2, when it talks about even through the trials of this life and the trials that will come, we will take joy. So whether it's been past ministry or ministry now or just life in general, through the struggles and trials that we take joy uh, because Christ has it all in mind and he's overcome the world, John 16, 33. So, um, yeah, those are just kind of some keys that we tie to and uh, scripture passages that really shape how we live and interact. But then we're hugely involved in the book of Acts and how the church yeah. functions and how they love one another. And we're actually I'm actually preaching through that right now. And so it's it's been really good um, just to have those things in mind as we go forward in our ministry. Well, I can tell you, I, I know from just being around y'all for the last decade, uh, closely watching how as different trials of, of all stripes have come, I would say that uh, living a Christian life of joy is something that really marks you, Megan. You guys are just full well, of uh, I appreciate bub that. bubbling in it in so many ways. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll, I want to talk to you a bit. Share a particularly memorable 
gospel conversation you've had uh, where you've been able to share the gospel and you say, man, that is, that stands out. Yeah. So I'm actually going to share something that's um, recent uh, and it's still in process and still in growing because as many gospel conversations as we've had over the years, uh, they're all life giving. Uh, yeah. But there's one that comes to mind that is recent and still ongoing of a couple that I got to that I got to do their uh, wedding and they're they're professing non-believers and if they were sitting here with me today they they tell you that's where we were at and so um, it, it's it's been a joy walking with them. Uh, because I said early on, you know, I'm never going to do a, a wedding of, uh, of a non-believer or anything, but these were friends of ours and yeah. they came to us yeah. in confidence and, and knew they were living in sin and knew that they were living, um, well, didn't, didn't actually realize that they were living in sin. But as I confronted those things and really challenged them, God really started opening up their hearts and their lives. And it's, it's functioned out to where it's gone beyond um, just marriage counseling that was pointed at the gospel and um, them responding to God's drawing and calling through that process to we still meet with them on a regular basis. And that's what I believe that in growing disciples is so uh, important. It doesn't just stop with the conversion process. It continues on uh, into growing and living life together and, and asking tough questions and challenging one another. And so as, as they've responded and they're growing in their relationship with Christ, it's been uh, just a joy to continue the conversation. Uh, we meet with them uh, once every other week still, and, and still as they grow in their understanding and, and where they're at and what they're going through. Uh, it's, it's been, it's almost been a, a mental change for me on yeah. um, just how it functions out. So for so many years in, in student ministry, it was um, kids respond, uh, you get them plugged in, get them involved, get them the tools and things that they need. But in being in the pastoral ministry, you're you, in student ministry, you're still kind of disconnected uh, from the family dynamic in some capacities, even though you have contact with the families, yeah. uh, you're disconnected in some of those tough conversations that you can have and the time that you have with them and in pastoral ministry it's been so much more of a joy of uh, being able to walk through life and yeah. shepherd them uh, as as they walk through it so that's kind of been one that stuck out to me lately and, and this couple is just uh, they, they have questions and they, they want to grow and they want to understand and they've started coming to church here and and it's it's just been really cool to watch it unfold okay I, this one's fascinating I so as you were doing the, the premarital counseling and then, and then uh, doing their wedding, at, at what point in there? It sounds like they've, they've both made a profession of faith at some point in that journey. Well, the, the wife has, and, yeah, and the, the husband's, husband's still, still marching along. But he's the one that, that really drives the, hey, can, are we meeting this week? Are we? He's the one that comes up to me after church service and like, man, I got questions about that. Can we meet? Uh, can we? And so God's really working on him uh, yeah. as well. And so the wife has responded and, and, and I, I truly believe that he, God's working on his life too. And it'll be soon in the process that we see that happen. But one of the things that um, really has changed in my mind is maybe in student ministry in my past, I would have pushed and pushed and pushed until I just got a response, whether it was real or not. 
Um, and, and this, I've, I've just really set back and just continued the conversation, uh, continue living life with them, continue seeing them on a, on a weekly basis as our boys play baseball together and um, really seeing how God's working. So um, yeah, one has, one hasn't, and uh, we'll just see what God does in the days ahead. It ends up being a pretty, uh, it's a pretty fascinating thing now to realize that a lot of the evangelism that I did and learned as a young uh, youth minister and pastor back, gosh, now say it almost 40 years ago, <laughs> but it was, it was really focused on the gospel was what led up to that point of conversion. And usually it was a, a, a one time, maybe a, maybe a long conversation, but it was a, a singular punctiliar kind of a thing. And I'm watching and realizing that there's so much that people have to grasp about the gospel today to be ready. I, start, I started seeing that on the mission field when we were in the Philippines, that it took people sometimes multiple weeks, months, or even years yeah. to come to that place yeah. where they genuinely said, I'm ready to make Christ Lord of my life. And, uh, and even after that initial part of salvation, the, the business of sanctification, that is an ongoing, and that's why I like this uh, calling it the gospel conversation rather than just a gospel presentation is yeah. that is we have to gear into the, the fact that they, we have lots of questions to answer and it's up to the spirit to draw and confirm uh, somewhat. It's our job to try to right. just express the good news at every stage as it falls. So I, that's yeah. a, that's yeah. a great, it'll be fun to follow up with you. Uh, yeah. In year you and see, and see how that, see how that's going. I'm glad to hear that it's uh, ongoing and that they're attending. I, that's nothing like, being under the preaching and teaching of God's word to answer questions and continue to draw people to him. Man, thank you. you. That's a, That's exactly that is a right. great one. Uh, okay. Think back to your younger self. And I realize that you are such a young man. It's hard to think back <laughs> these low many years, but uh, if you're looking back at your younger self in ministry, from where you sit now, what kind of advice would you give yourself that you think would have, would have helped at some stage? If I'm looking back at um, Daniel as it re pertains to me being in student ministry at First Southern, even knowing in the back of my mind and me and Russ having those conversations of someday I know I'm going to be in uh, pastoral, lead pastoral ministry. Um, and and I, I actually heard this and it really resonated with me uh, from one of our other pastors in the association. Uh, it, I pretty sure it was Steve Young that said it and he he was like uh, sheep bite you know it, it's it, a lot a lot, of, it, a lot of struggle comes along with you, you gotta meeting these people where they're at meeting our congregations where they're at and um, the struggles that come along with um, life's messy and, and there's yeah. going to be struggles and heartaches that come along the way but uh, and and push back and um, backbiting and whatever it may be but to love them through the process, um, that's where the transformation comes in. And, and so even understanding and knowing uh, that sheep bite, um, uh, the ministry that God's called us to is still uh, a joy and is life-giving and there's gonna be struggles along the way and there's gonna be um, people that talk about you and there's gonna be people that uh, don't stand in the, in the same spot as you do, but that's okay. Uh, that, that's what God's called in, in equipping and, and growing yeah. up and real with people. And so um, 
yeah, sheep bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, hey, that is that is great advice. Um, yeah. What, uh, um, in the book of Philippians, and this podcast is named Partners in the Gospel. Well, in Philippians, right. in Philippians 1.5, Paul refers to the church at Philippi and the love he has for them and says, because you have been partners in the gospel from the first day till now. I want to ask you, when you think about sister churches and uh, uh, and those that we join hands with across the River Valley, especially, what does it mean to be a partner in the gospel, especially as it relates to, to wanting to see a healthy Great Commission Baptist Church for every thousand households across the River Valley? You bet. Um, one of the things that's really hit with me probably over the last three years since I've been here at North Park is um, we're not in opposition to other churches. Um, you know, I think about my relationship with Chris over here at First Baptist Van Buren. Um, we're fighting the same battle, but we're partners yeah. in the gospel. We're, we're partners in that. And so as it pertains to uh, our community and those around us, we want to lock arms in that. We want to lock arms with other uh, gospel proclaiming churches and, and, and Bible believing churches in the River Valley, not just here in Van Buren, but in Fort Smith and not just here in, in the River Valley, but across the nation, and across the world. So as that pertains for us, we want to be training and equipping our people uh, to be sharing the gospel and to be a people that are interested in but also engaging in not just have an interest to be uh, a partner in the gospel but to be engaging in that as we partner with church plants and other churches in our areas to see ministry done and the mission fulfilled because I, I, we're better together it's yeah. it's just yeah. that's plain and simple we're uh, we have more numbers we have uh more resources we're able to reach further uh when we lock arms and we go at it together and so um in that passage as it pertains to us is we want to partner with uh, other churches uh bigger churches smaller churches uh, churches our size uh that uh, are interested in proclaiming Christ and him crucified and our need for him on a daily basis. And so um, if that means we had to humble ourselves so that we can get to a point uh, of seeing that we're not um, in opposition to other churches, then that's what we need to do so that we can be proper partners in the gospel going forward. That, that, that hits. You know, I, athletics always been a big part of my life don't have yours, and I sit there and think because you were you were an outstanding catcher in uh, right. baseball. The the man being a part of a team and realizing that that we're partners, you you couldn't you couldn't even start catching until you had a pitcher. So you weren't even in practice yeah. position yeah. unless you had right uh, uh, someone there and, and going and realizing that every role you know all nine members of a baseball team are essential if you're going to play the game and. It, and in this business of reaching the River Valley for Christ, there's no single church that can do what we're called right. to do in moving people right. on the basis. So yeah. that's exactly Excellent. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Well, man, we've had we've we've been delving into the deep theology of uh, of ministry. Let's end on a little bit lighter note. Uh, share yeah. share with us a unique fact about you that most people wouldn't know. It was funny on on Tuesday at Pastors Lunch. You had the guys uh, ask. We asked questions at our table of these things, and this was the question they got asked of me: like, what's what's something unique about me, but that people don't know? And I'm a huge 
history buff. I, I really? love delving into history. I love church history. I love uh, Middle Eastern history. Um, and, and I, I've been stuck on the revolutionary period uh, history yeah. as of lately. And so I, I just, I can't get enough of it. It just helps me formatively, even when I'm uh, communicating the gospel, is like to be able to communicate uh, timeline and history and, and formation. And so I love history. I mean, I, I could tell you a hundred things from being a uh, Rawlings All-American in baseball or whatever it may be, but history is probably the thing that most people don't know about me. Um, you're a history nerd there you go yeah i love history i am a history nerd i am i i love it and i can't get enough of well what like as you're as you're delving into the revolutionary war period right now is it you have a favorite author is there a a a, a video series you're watching that you know documentary that's been fun what's how are you getting that in um i'm watching a series on netflix and i don't know it's it doesn't have any nudity or anything like that, so I want to clear that up before we get into it. But um, it's called Turn, and it really it really highlights all ah. the things. Uh, it talks about Washington spies and stuff, so I'm really kind of watching through that. It does have a lot of like it shows all the fighting and everything that goes yeah, on. So it's and, and so, there, but... Yeah, yeah, but um, but it, it's been really good. Um, I I love just reading history books. Um, I don't, I can't think of one right off the top of my head that uh, an author, but I mean, even presidents, I, I, I like to read biographies on presidents and stuff yeah. and just like yeah. their background and everything. So yeah, I'm just, it, I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. I'll just, I'll start searching on my phone articles and different histories of different people All right. throughout the, yeah. I see so, that helps. Yeah. Now, now I know when I have to go anniversary or birthday shopping for uh, for Daniel, I'll know, I'll know, what, I'll know where to go look. Uh, all right. As we wrap up, as we wrap up this afternoon, I want to, uh, I want to ask you as your partners in the gospel, as, uh, as guys listen and, and, uh, persevere to the end of this podcast, how can your partners in the gospel be praying for, for you, your family or North park right now? And especially this next, next year or so. Yeah, I think, uh, a lot of it's, clarity and next steps to take um our 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 mission and vision statement here at north park is that we desire for every person to believe in jesus become a disciple um belong to the family and build the kingdom and what we want to see is that enacted here in the river valley here in our context in our jerusalem um as we partner with um churches around our jerusalem our judea and as we go from to Samaria, the nations and the end of the earth, uh, uh, the, our nation and the ends of the earth. So I think just clarity and next steps as we uh, endeavor to make contacts with church plants, um, clarity and, and just God directing those steps as well. Um, just the, the, the spirit of the Lord just being in all those details. Um, because we want to be submissive to where he leads and guides us. Uh, and, you know, you think about uh, Paul going to Mes uh, going to Macedonia and God's like, nope, that's not where I want you to go right yeah. now. We want, we want clarity in that. Um, so um, uh, I'd say that's probably a big priority. I, I think just for, 
peace and rest on my family side. Uh, just uh, it, it's constantly crazy, whether it's and it's not problems or anything. It's just life's crazy. We you got we got yeah. four boys and yeah. and a and a thriving ministry, and and that's just it's just part of it. So uh, just times of reprieve, I'd say, uh, is what we need to pray for. And then the the boys are just growing up so that we would lead our home well so as, as uh, yeah, yeah, that we would lead our home well in that process and and uh, that God would be the focal point of it. All right. Well, hey, let me let me pray for you right now and then we'll close off and sign off. Sounds good. I want good. to come to you right now. And God, I just want to, I want to lift Daniel and Megan and the boys up to you. Well, let's North Park up. Father, we do pray that uh, that as Daniel seeks your face, as he works with other leaders there at North Park, that you will give a very clear, clear sense of what you want the next steps for them to be as they continue to develop and carry out uh, an Acts 1-8 Great Commission strategy, both for the, the, the church locally and more for the partners they're seeking to find in, in church plants, in churches that need someone just to come alongside and be a, a, a Barnabas and an encourager uh, for them. Father, you have, uh, you've done so much to build the fellowship and the faithfulness there at North Park. I pray that you help them not try to wait until they're a done deal and they've got everything perfect to reach out and to, and to know where, do, where you want them going. And Father, mm -hmm. I pray that just like uh, with the Apostle Paul and uh, uh, Paul and Silas and Luke, as they as they prayed and you closed some doors, Lord, he didn't go into China because you said, no, not now. Uh, I've got another direction. I pray that you, that you guide them exactly where you wanted to be in this time, in this, in this season. And then Father, I pray for, um, for Megan and, and Daniel and the, and the boys, they, they do have an incredibly full and busy life, Father, between, uh, athletic events and school craziness with COVID and all that in and, and church. I pray that you help them to invest in the things that are going to have lasting impact. Mm. And, uh, and Father, I pray that whether they are on a, a ball field or a, a, in a wrestling gym, Lord, I pray that you would help them to see, kind of like they have with this gospel conversation he talked about, that they will see the ministry all around them in the midst of the, just the craziness of life. Father, continue mm. to use them in powerful ways. And Father, I pray whether it is on a, um, a Sunday afternoon or a Thursday night, when they have those moments of Sabbath and rest and a chance to just be together and take a deep breath as a family and, uh, and get restored, Father, I pray you help them to take those moments and enjoy those moments and, uh, and learn how to find the right rhythms of life as they, uh, as they continue to raise some incredible godly young men. Lord, I ask your blessing on them. I pray you give Daniel wisdom, not only at North Park, but Father, especially uh, as we finish 2021, moving to 21, 22, as he as he leads as the model of our association. Lord, I pray you help him to see how to uh, how to inspire and encourage all of our churches to engage in this business of being a partner in the gospel. We ask that in Christ's most holy and precious name. Amen.